It's me. Welcome to the show. Oh, Angelica. Why you talk like that, Nick? This is really, this is really good. You sound a little bit like uh, Lady Gaga. Oh, no, I'm talking like a Greek, not an Italian. So you sound just like Lady Gaga's accent in the movie. You do sound like Super Mario Brothers. That is my entire, like, foundation for my Italian accent. Absolutely. Who else am I going to sound like? Mamma other... mia, that's a spicy meatball. That's all I'm hey. going to do. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Mario or Tony Danza. Those are my choices. You know that's what I mean? That's right. That's perfect. I it's just, I do the same thing with, with the family's Greek accent. Everyone's like, do a Greek accent. I'm like, you need to eat more. That's all they say. <laughs> I like Greek people. So it's yes. no coincidence. They don't say that to me, but you know, oh. hey, maybe you should uh, take it down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that's not a Greek accent. I can't do a Greek no. accent. You just went back to Italian. Well, I mean, like that's, be. I got two accents. I've got my Mario accent. I've got my Russian accent. Those are the accents I do. Yeah. You like the vodka. Well, uh, you know, I have uh, Russian blood, and so I feel it's not offensive for me to do Russian accent. But, you know, I was I was actually I got my haircut yesterday for the first time since the start of COVID by someone who isn't my wife. Really? So for the last two and a half years, my wife has been cutting my hair, but she doesn't love doing it. And like she's always afraid she's going to take a chunk out. And it's only happened one time. Wow. Might I say, Marissa, good job. You're no John Stamos. You don't have a ton of hair, but um, I'm just. Hey, let me let me insult you later. No, I you 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 don't probably have a difficult haircut, but it looks professional. Well, this one is. So yesterday I went to a barber in Vancouver um, near work. And like, I just, you know, Googled barbershops yeah. near me and the one I used to go to closed. And so I go, it's called Supreme Cuts. <laughs> and so I went in there, just not knowing anything about it. And everyone's in there's Russian. The girl who cut my hair is like 24, doesn't speak a word of English. And like, she's, you speak Russian or you, you speak Russian. I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I don't. And her coworkers comes over and has to translate everything I'm saying. I'm like, Wait. number two. Why did she assume you speak Russian? Well, I mean, I have like Russian blood, so maybe she sees the face oh. and she's like, this guy looks I actually Russian. I can see that. You you look a little bit Eastern European. Yeah. Yeah, like on my dad's side we are. Uh yeah. and then on my grandma's side it's like Dutch, I think. Oh. Okay. And it's 100% Midwestern. So I don't know. Yeah, see, I get that from the Jews and the Italians. They always think I, I, you're Jewish, right? I'm like, no. And the Italians say the same thing. I'm like, I know we all share the same kind of noses, but I am Greek. <laughs> and well, the, the, you know, you have dark hair too. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Sometimes. So, so the lady comes over every time the lady has a question, she's like, she says, I don't can't speak Russian, but she says, come over here. And she's like, you need blah, 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 blah. And she walks off. And so every time the lady has a question, it's like, she's got to have her translator come over. I love and it. And I was thinking like Supreme Cuts is such a great name for a Russian haircut. Like our cuts are supreme, supreme haircuts. Welcome to Film Swap, the podcast where we challenge each other to watch the movies that we've let slip through the cracks or purposely shoved into the cracks for whatever reason. I'm Nick Bull. And I'm Angelica Thornton. And today we are talking about House of Gucci. It was a name that sounded so sweet, so seductive. Synonymous with words, style, power. All right, so there's a bit of the trailer of House of Gucci. 
our film selection for the day. Um, Angelica, I was very excited to put this on the list and that you hadn't uh, seen it yet. And uh, you really wanted me to watch this movie. Why did you choose this? Why? So to me, this movie is just a I was so excited for this movie because I love Ridley Scott. I think he makes great movies. I like historical like epics. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like this was going to be kind of a cool, you know, true life. And it was just such a train wreck to me. And we can get into that in a little bit. But that's why I chose it, because I think, well, also I I saw it and I was really disappointed. And then I go online. I do this with every movie I watch. I watch the movie and then I go onto like Wikipedia and I look up everything about it and the actors and all right. that. And it's got like six and a half or seven like tomatoes on Rotten Tomatoes. Like a lot of people like this movie and I do not understand it. 62%. Well, still, that's better than- That is so much higher than I thought because I did the same thing after I watched it. I looked up the tomato meter and was really surprised it was that high. Just, it's stunning. It's, It's stunning. Did you watch this alone or did you watch it with someone? I did watch it alone. And like you, I was excited when I first heard about it. This What year did this come out? Did this come out in 2021? Yeah. So last year, I was excited when I heard about it, but then didn't get to watch it for whatever reason. And then I started getting the feedback on it. And I, I do this with some movies. I, I did this with A Star is Born, where I start hearing too much, whether it's good or bad, and then I just kind of shove it to the side. I don't know why I do this. Um, I just don't want that to influence like my take on the movie. So I just kind of put it off. Um, but you wanted me to watch it cause you thought it was really bad. Right. Well, not that I thought it was bad. I just, I do think it's bad, but I wanted you to watch it because I want to see what your reaction is because everyone has these different reactions to it. And like, I read things praising the performances and then I read things criticizing the performances and, I was not a huge fan of the performances, but like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a good one to talk about because I think it's, it's a fascinating movie. I think too, for me, it is become, it is on par with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves in that it is a glorious disaster with terrible accents that I will watch probably a hundred times. Do you ever, um, are you influenced when you go and you go on Rotten Tomatoes after you watch the movie or you start reading all the reviews, does that change your feelings about the movie at all? I'm just curious. Um, Sometimes, I guess. I, I think it depends if they point out some things I missed maybe and then I'm yeah. like, oh, well, that makes more sense. I get it, what they were doing. Every now and again, but I mean, typically not. Typically, it's like, oh, where have I seen her before? And then I look, you know what I mean? Stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, just little tidbits. So I kind of didn't want to watch the movie because I just, there was just so much talk about it. And I was like, oh, I'll just watch that when I have time. And I put it off. Um, and then I watched it and I went online and I thought, surely I'm missing something here. Like, it, I know it's supposed to be campy, but I'm missing something. And my reaction was so strong. No, I just, I, I, I read all the reviews. I went down like, like New York Times, everything. And I just thought, yeah, I hate it just as much as I did about an hour and a half ago when I when I when I stopped watching the movie. I just I, I really did not like it at all. All right. Well, let's get into it. I want to read a quick I want to read a quick Wikipedia summary. So if you haven't seen it or don't know what this movie is, although if you're watching or listening to this podcast, I really suggest you watch the movie before we do it. It's probably going to be more enjoyable for you. Plus, I think, too, it'll be fun if if you're watching this and you want to, like, 
give us your feedback. That's awesome. You can reach us on Twitter. Totally. Stuff, so uh, here's the here's the brief synopsis. It's a 2021 American biographical crime drama directed by Ridley Scott based on a book, blah, blah, blah. It follows P- Patricia Reggiani and Maurizio Gucci as their romance transforms into a fight for control of the Italian fashion brand Gucci. There's several other actors in it. Uh, it's about basically, I'm trying to skip ahead because a lot of it's this uh, day, but basically they uh, get married, they fall out of love, and then, spoiler alert, she murders him or has him murdered by hitmen. And it's sort of how their relationship blossoms, falls apart. It's kind of that classic trope of movies. You show the buildup, there's a bad time, something happens. And then yeah, exactly. Or in this case, the movie just ends, essentially. And you mentioned Ridley Scott, great director, obviously. Awesome cast. We've got Lady Gaga. We've got Adam Driver, Al Pacino, Jeremy Irons, Jared Leto, um, Selma Hayek. Who else? Awesome cast. You think it's going to be fantastic. Ugh, it's just a big no for me. Just a big no. Okay, uh, well, honestly, I, I. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you asked me a question. Well, I was going to ask you. So then you know what worked for you and what didn't work for you because i mean it it couldn't have all been a strikeout right i mean no uh the plot is amazing i mean it's a crazy story it's absolutely bonkers and the great thing for me is i don't remember any of this playing out in the 90s either i didn't i mean i i was in journalism school when this happened you'd think i would have like been sort of following this international news don't remember any of it um so i was just totally intrigued by the whole storyline how could you screw up this story but somehow I feel like the screenplay did do that I just think the writing was not great all right but we're talking about what worked so the plot worked Mm -hmm. Um, I thought the costumes the set design were fantastic just like you I love these period pieces especially ones that are set in the 70s 80s early 90s um Everyone seemed to love the evolution of Patricia Reggiani, um, her hair getting crazier and crazier as she got older and older, Um, a little over the top, like other things in the movie, but I thought that was really entertaining, just how Italian it was. Well, I mean, kind of. Who in the movie is Italian? Well, that's the thing. I feel like this would have been a much better Italian movie. Yes. Like that that's the decision that was baffling to me. So either have Italian actors speak in Italian, put subtitles, American audiences, they say will not watch that. They were going for a blockbuster. I get that. So then why make the decision to have everyone speak in an Italian accent as opposed to just their normal voices that they can better, you know, emote with and act with? Like it's so distracting and they're all varying levels of like authentic or at least authentic sounding to me. You know, there you've got Lady Gaga was okay. Jared Leto was just off the damn chain. Like he, I don't know what he was going for, but he sounded like Mario. It was it was like watching an, like a compilation of SNL skits. It was so bad. Let's let's show a clip of some of Jared Leto's accent work. Why? Why? Why did you do it? What happened? Don't even look at me, you lying sack of potatoes. Shut up, you fucking mouth. Outside the church, you shut your fucking mouth. Yo, shut up, Alessandro. 
Get her in the car. Alessandro in the car. What's wrong? You. And you. Okay. You okay. ripped my heart out. You left it to die in the street. Oh my God, my wife. My wife had to sing until her voice was hoarse while we figured out what the fuck was going on. So, I mean, there you have it. Like the high pitch. Like, I mean, you, I started the show. <laughs> And like that's that's what he did the whole movie. So bad. The only thing and faker than his accent was his bald cap, it, which you saw moving around at one point, right? Well, there's a clip. So may, <laughs> I might be wrong, but I I've seen the movie twice, and both times I paused it. I turned to my wife and I said, "You saw that, right?" So there's a scene when like they're playing rugby, and he gets nailed, and he goes down, and it's a shot of the top of his head, and I swear the thing shifts. Let's let's take a look. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just seeing it wrong. No, I saw the same thing. I saw the same thing you did. And if it's not shifting, it's such a strange shot that they should have picked up on what you and I picked up on. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a Ridley Scott film. This is crazy. I also think just his, I know. So, you know, part of the the storyline is that he has his own um, fashion ideas and he wants to like break out on his own with his own label under the Gucci brand, right? But it's so crazy. He shows up in these like insane corduroy, bright colored suits. And like, maybe, maybe that was real, but it seems so over the top to me that I just didn't think it was believable. It made him into a clown for sure. It and, really did. He looked like what a I, clown. What I had read was that he actually was the fashion director for Gucci before this. So right. I, that, that, it's that, hard to buy that the same guy exactly, who exactly. shepherded the brand would go off the edge like this. Yeah, I am. Um, Maybe he did. I, that's the thing. I don't know. This is, I mean, it's not well known, I guess. And, and that, you know, even Jeremy Irons is great um, as Rodolfo Gucci, but he's so ice cold on one end and so refined and reserved. And then on the other end, you know, Al Pacino as Aldo Gucci is crazy and screaming and like so hot. And it's like, these guys are supposed to be brothers. We're playing to such like extreme stereotypes here. Yeah, but also they're playing exactly who they play in everything. Like, exactly. have you ever seen a movie where Jeremy Irons yes. isn't like cool? You're right, like, you're right. You know, you're it right. just reminds me of like Heat when Al Pacino's like, she's got a great ass, but he says it, oh, she's got a great ass. You know what I mean? It's true. It's true. Um, they didn't bug me as much as Lady Gaga, though. I um, listen. I love Lady Gaga. I think she's a great performer. I thought she was great in A Star Is Born, but I just she was so over the top and melodramatic, and I couldn't get past her character and how she was overplaying it. And I think this is supposed to be campy, which I've heard from people who like the movie is bullshit. I just think that they were really off. I think, I don't know what's going on with the marketing of this film, how, you know, when they see a negative review, they're like, well, you, you missed the point. It's supposed to be campy and the accents are supposed to be bad. Like, why would you do that? No, you did it. Cause it was kind of a crappy movie and you missed the mark. Yeah. I, I think part of that is the right, like you said, the writing's not there. So she doesn't have, time to develop the character through the writing and through being subtle so then they go for like the the big play yeah there's okay so the scene patricia how come i've never seen you before you weren't looking hard enough 
I would have noticed that Bianca was friends with Elizabeth Taylor. I can assure you, I'm way more fun. What the heck is that? That yeah. is so basic. It's it's very much, it reads almost like a parody of a screenplay in a movie about a movie. Or, you yeah. know, like the characters are watching a movie that's supposed to be cheesy and it's the writing like that. Honestly, it's like we're watching Joey try to act in an episode of Friends. <laughs> It's true. It's that bad. I think the writing is on that level. There was one line where, she, you know, he's basically telling her it's over. You have hurt me very, very badly. And that's it. That's supposed to be like the height of her pain. That's it. That's that's the one line that they could come up with. For somebody who like whose character is supposed to be sort of hot blooded, you know, stereotypical hot blooded Italian. She's like, yeah, coolly. You have hurt me very badly. She's so mad she's going to murder him. And that's what she says in response. What? I like my favorite line of hers in the movie is um, like when they're like, she's she's bumped into him a second time. And we don't quite know if it was on purpose or if it was an accident. And, and he's like, oh, you want to see me again? And she's like, I want to see where this story goes. That's like, I yeah. wish I felt the same way. Me too. Me too. That was like 5,000 hours into the film. And I was like, what is happening here? And What's this, going and, on? And they only just fell in love at that point, yeah. 5,000 hours in. Let's talk about that sex scene. I think they're in the trailer of yeah. the, uh, you know, the trucking business. And she's got the big glasses on. And it looks like slightly polished porn, but you know, soft core because you can't see anything. And I thought I was laughing because it was ridiculous. And then I, I thought, I think, I think we're supposed to feel like they're actually falling in love here or they're in love because they've been together at that point. What, what was it? What was that scene about? I think it was to show, yeah, like that they were, they were into each other. I, I, I do think that's meant to say this wasn't just some marriage of convenience. They did love each other and things went wrong, but like, Again, I just think it's the rust, rush nature of the screenplay in the movie is that you, there, it's like a shortcut to show you that they love each other. But instead of showing it to us in a longer way with characters' actions, what you end up getting is this kind of like laughable sex scene. Yeah. The, um, the, the, and I just, I, I wish I had known, let's talk about Adam Driver, because I wish I... We, I wish we could have seen what was actually going on in his head. Uh, he's such a great actor. Um, but there was sort of just nothing about his character. It was like trying, it was like watching um, Prince Charles' character sort of unravel in The Crown, but not as good. Yeah. Like in The Crown, you're like emotionally connected to this turmoil that he's experiencing. But with Adam Driver, it was just kind of like, oh, uh, he's refined more so than, than people in the rest of his family. He's educated. He thinks she's interesting. She's kind of quirky and, you know, more blue collar, whatever, but that's it. And then he rides a bike. He yells a little bit. He rides a bike over some cobblestone streets in Italy. And we never really find out what's going on. There's no dialogue um, to show us how conflicted he is about his relationship mm -hmm. with her, especially when things start falling apart. Does he ever actually express to anyone that he's unhappy? Yeah, or that he even loves her. No, you're right. That that sex scene was like, oh, okay, now they're in love, I guess. Yep, more in lust. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, he has an argument with his father over marrying her, 
which sort of seems to come out of nowhere. They're, mm-hmm. they, you know, they just jump to the the parent who's disapproving of the union, and then things start to fall apart, and we never figure out where Adam Driver is coming from. So, yeah, I agree. I, there's there's not enough set up there and i think adam driver's really great at playing that sort of quiet guy yeah. who, who acts with his eyes you know you can see but but when you don't have enough going on around him to explain why he's yeah. doing what he does so if you think of him in some of the other films where he's just sort of like reacting to things yeah there's things for him to react to and there's nothing I, for him to react to really i wanted more Maurizio. i really did um and i think it could have been great for adam driver in fact when lady gaga sort of disappeared a little bit when things fell apart and he got together with the old friend. I was a little bit more invested in the story at that point, but it it didn't, it never develops. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. go anywhere. And then he gets, you know, he gets murdered. So I feel like that was a missed opportunity with a great actor. And, you know, the guy in the story we're supposed to feel bad for, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the end, I didn't really feel bad for anyone. I didn't really connect with anyone they all just seemed kind of miserable and yeah unlikable when you start feeling for Maurizio then this sort of cowardly business maneuver start happening where he's just he's trying to take over the company but he's not actually talking he's trying to have the proxy take over for him yeah and they make him come into the room to admit he did it and it's like and then he's this dick rich guy all of a sudden you're like wait how did that happen so quickly yeah exactly he he didn't want to be in that business and finally they sucked him back in and then all of a sudden it's like he just turns over right you know what i mean um yeah i guess just again comes back down to to writing yeah Um, and it it did unravel so quickly at that point i there was so much build up and then it unraveled so quickly at the end poof it was over and i didn't want more of House of Gucci because it was so long, but I, I also wanted more of the post-murder plot. Yeah. Well, I think maybe this would have been better as a limited series because there's so much plot to get through. And I, and I do feel for the writer in that regard and that if you're going to show from meeting to death, you know, they meet, all this stuff happens and he dies. There's a ton of stuff that happens in there and they rush through it. Well, maybe then actually go the opposite route, stretch it out. Because then you've got characters who are actually able to develop. You see the dynamics of their relationships better. You can see um, how the murder comes about, how the yeah. attachment happens. Um, this maybe would have been a lot better as like a, you know, a six part or an eight part show. Absolutely. And then you could have episodes focused on certain characters like Jared Leto's character or yeah. whoever, where you can actually like, they stop being caricatures or clowns and they start being like people. Yeah. I agree. Uh, you mentioned that Ridley Scott and you really like uh, Ridley Scott. I admittedly haven't seen a ton of Ridley Scott movies. I, I went down the list and I was like, okay, I've seen some of these. To me, Thelma and Louise is like almost a perfect movie. You'll, and, you'll have to make me watch that one. I've never seen it. Oh, really? Okay. We'll put that on the list. But it's, I was really surprised that he directed this film. I, I'm really, really surprised. And like I said, I, I don't know if the marketing was sort of like a cleanup job after they realized, okay, it's not so great. What mm-hmm. do you think? That's a fine question. I, I don't know. I mean, he's made so many movies. Not all of them are great. I mean, yeah. just as a matter of, I mean, what's fascinating too, in the same year, 2021, that he made House of Gucci, he made another movie, which I thought was excellent. 
and I'm totally spacing on the name. I'll look it up while we talk, but with Ben Affleck and um, I think Jodie Comer's in it. And it's about, I'll look it up here. Keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah. I, I, I just think, you know, I, he's got to have what, at least 20 films under his belt that are critically acclaimed the last duel which also oh, has right. adam driver in it which i thought was yeah. excellent and it, it had there was so much subtlety to it which this movie didn't have you know what i yeah. mean that movie was about differing perspectives on a possible I don't know. sexual assault i think maybe they just thought okay we've got such big names from the director to um, the stars of the film we can pull this off and it just didn't work i mean you have to have a good script and this was not a good script bottom line yeah. So and it so, was miscast. I I think they're all great actors, but it was miscast. I mean, like, I don't think any of them were playing the right roles. I don't think Lady Gaga is a great actor. I think she was fine in A Star Is Born. I think she has this thing where she. I think the rest of them all are, are very good actors, mind you. Even Jared Leto, who I find yeah, super annoying, yeah. I think he's very good generally. And but you're I right. Think- we only have one other film. To compare and she, yeah, and it's and she's playing musician, so and and I think she was really good in that movie, but I think in this movie she does this thing where like I feel like you see it with less experienced or less talented actors where like they know the cameras on them and you can almost see that they know the cameras on them. It reminds me of like when you're hanging out with kids and they do something funny and all the adults look at the kid and now they're aware that people are looking at them and it's almost like this self-awareness that they project if that makes sense and i yeah. feel like she has moments where she's the only person in the frame and she almost wants to look at the at the camera you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense but i no, I it does i feel like she's not comfortable yeah as an actress yet she's not me you know she, she might blow us away in 20 years 10 years um I mean, but two two years who knows i mean yeah. like she's she's very talented clearly yeah so yeah. i'm not i don't mean this is like a absolutely something but like yeah i i also wonder and i know the gucci family hated this film Mm -hmm. um i also wonder if italians even italian americans maybe maybe if this left a bad taste in their mouth because it was so stereotypical and there's a lot of cheese and i look back to when my big fat creek wedding came out and my family hated it Oh, really? So many Greeks hated it. Yeah. And I loved it because I, you know, there's so much truth in that movie. I mean, it was like being with the family, but a lot of Greeks were like, oh, this paints such a, like, it just, it puts us in such a negative light. We're not that cheesy and our, our fathers aren't against educating girls and da 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 da. And it was like, do they wedding dresses and the bridesmaids dresses? And they're right. It was totally over the top. So I wonder, because this kind of had the same flair, especially when they're showing Patrizia like with her dad at work and she's walking across the trucking yard and people are whistling at her. And it's like, that could be Staten Island right there. So I wonder what kind of reaction Italian-Americans and Italians in Italy have to it. They they can't possibly like it. Yeah, like just for the accents alone, but yeah. Uh, I guess it just depends. I mean, if you take it with like a grain of salt, like, you know, it's a movie. No, it's not a Absolutely. documentary. Yeah. Um, yeah it's totally. like reminds me of how I felt when Fargo came out. I'm like, like, those are not my people. That's true. The accents were good in Fargo, though. Oh, sure. Uh huh. Yeah, they sure were. Yo, they yeah, were this, perfect. Is, uh, this is uh, one of the other accents I can get away with. Um, it's not very good, but 
It reminds me of my grandma. It's when my grandma talks. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, so would you recommend this movie to others? Yes, I would. Because I want to talk shit about it with other people. I think this is, like I said, this is like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, a movie that I think is awful, but I've watched so many times. And you just Which Robin Hood is movie? that? Kevin Which Costner? Robin? Oh, yeah. I remember what that came out like late 91, 80s, right? 91. Oh, 91. I think I liked that movie. Yeah, it's a. I was in high school and I watched it and it was sort of funny, right? I mean, kind of. It's just a really bizarre movie. It's like Kevin Costner and Christian Slater, like in these dueling, terrible That's right. British accents. Yeah. I and haven't like, seen it since it came out. So uh, we might have to revisit that. But that's your number one. It's so bad. It's good movie. That's my number one. I've been trying to get my wife, Marissa, to watch it with me for months. And she's like, maybe next time. I'm like, now is next time. So what is the uh, follow up to Saturday Night Fever? Why can I not remember the name of the movie right now? Staying Alive. Staying Alive. <laughs> I've never seen either one, but. <laughs> oh, gosh. Putting it on the list right now. All right. Um, those are those are bad enough to be good. I I really actually want to see Saturday Night, Live, or, uh, Saturday Night Fever because it is like the greatest soundtrack of all time. Yeah, I love and I love disco music. We didn't talk about that too. House of Gucci does have a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good, good. But find the positives. You know, look yeah, on the bright side. Silver of lining. Yeah, great clothes, sure. great music. Yeah, it's like the it's like kind of like the 80s. It's like great clothes and great music. There's not a lot of depth there. Yes, exactly. You know, exactly. A lot of bad people we're supposed to be interested in. Yeah, I want other people to watch it because I want to revel in how bad this was with other people for sure. This seems like a drinking game movie too. like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, for example. Every time Kevin Costner throws down his weapon, but then magically has one in his hand in the next shot, you take a shot. It, oh, you're going to get like drunk. That. Every time he slips out of his American or his British accent and is just talking like in his Californian American accent, you take a shot and you're going to get hammered. And I'm sure that in House of Gucci, there's got to be some sort of drinking game that you can do. Like every, every time, time they say Gucci, oh my, God. do a shot. We're going to be in the hospital. Maybe, maybe like a sip of beer or wine. <laughs> every time Jared Leto's voice goes up an octave. Yeah. You know, that's a shot. If Lady I, Gaga's hair gets higher. Do a shot. Yeah, every every for every inch she loses in mm -hmm. the hair, mm -hmm. you lose a finger on the the glass of whiskey. Fantastic. Yeah. What else are you watching? What else are you consuming right now? Oh, uh, we just started uh, reboot on Hulu. It's a show by Steve Levitan who did Modern Family, yeah. and I think I'm in the minority of absolutely hating Modern Family. But he also did Just Shoot Me in the 90s, which I like. Oh, I love that show. And so Reboot is about like uh, an old show that they're rebooting and the actors in it are like conflicted about it. It's got really huh. talented people in it. It's, it's funny so far. Like Keegan-Michael Key and Johnny Knoxville's oh, in it. Love Keegan-Michael Key so much. Love yeah. him. So far, so good. What about oh, you? Uh, I was watching Uncoupled. Um, I've heard I, of this. But... I tried. Neil Patrick Harris, love him. Huge fan it was way too Darren star for me. So oh. I think I watched like seven or eight episodes. It's like sex in the city, like shiny and perfect. And the lines are all coming at you rapid fire and it's not raw at all. And it just doesn't work in 2022. I just, hmm. it's not good. Did you see I'm, the follow-up to sex in the city? The, yeah. Oh my God. We'll have to do a whole episode on that. A yeah, special, so, <laughs> very special edition. Like I have strong times. feelings. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, hey, you know, and we talked about this is only our second episode. We should tell people like how we know each other. 
Yes. Okay. You're, so you're, you're a TV person. So I, I, I moved to Portland in early 2007 um, and got, I took a job as a news anchor at channel two in Portland. And Nick was my first producer on the morning news and we were sleep deprived and so mm-hmm. young. How young were you at the time? I was 32. In 2007, I was. You weren't married I yet. I was 29. We're just getting married, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I um, just was getting married. Yeah, yeah, and well, uh, no, I got married in 2007. You said. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I was getting married that year. Yeah. Um, I remember our boss before you came in, brought me into his office and showed me your tape, and he was very excited. And I thought, oh yeah, she's pretty great. And then, you were. Oh, I mean, I wasn't, but thank you for being so generous. Um, I that was my first full-time anchor job and I was kind of clueless and I remember you and I bonded over tv shows that we liked because I had a a Dwight Schrute bobblehead on my Um, desk as if we're the only two people who liked the office at the time I still have the one you gave me it's in my office here somewhere oh fantastic well the head fell off and you're like here I have a broken one you can have this (laughs) that's right I bought a new one and kept it for myself and I glued the head back on it's it's in my office here somewhere I used to have it over there oh I see I'm coming I'm coming right back Oh my gosh. I don't know where mine is. I have the one that's not broken. Presumably its head is intact. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where mine is. I have to find it. So, oh, that's super fantastic. Glue. Super glue I also me. remember you asking me if I could do like sports, like play by play, like a real sports person. And you were excited about that because I was coming from a sports job oh, and I, I had to tell you that I was a fraud. Do you remember this? Not at all. I was my, my job coming out of Boston, I was working for the Patriots as a feature reporter, but I wasn't doing like sports. I was doing like, go to New Orleans with Jarvis Green and talk about Katrina a year later, or like mm-hmm. go to Plymouth Plantation with the rookie and talk about being away from his family for the first time on Thanksgiving, like not sports related. In fact, once I had to play pool with some of the players and ask them about like, buffalo's defense or some bullshit like that and it didn't it wasn't great it wasn't great that's but um so i was like no nick i can read your scripts about sports and that's all well that's i mean better than a lot of you know talent talent. no no i'm yeah uh no i don't remember a lot from that period i was working overnights and then right when you it was rough i'm not mistaken um they asked me to do a split week so i would come in i would do three nights overnights and then they would make me come back in and do two day shifts it's really hard i did that for four months leading up to my wedding and i barely remember my wedding you know what i mean and like if you look at the pictures of me and my wedding i'm just white and fat and pasty so so i look like i do now i guess but um you know it wasn't great. So I don't remember a lot from that time period. You got out, man. You got out. I'm still working the morning shift 16 yeah. years later. And I but still work in, in TV, sort of. Well, not yeah, sort of. I 100% do. work in TV. You do. You do. You produce great stuff for Vancouver Public Schools. Oh, Let's well, plug you. it. Let's plug it. All your stuff is really awesome. I'm impressed. Well, thank you. So all we got to do is get, you know, figure out something to do together again. And this is it. Um, let's talk about next week. We got Halloween around the corner. We're going to do a dual challenge this week. We, we, we just started this damn show and we're already breaking the format. We're going to do a dual challenge. I am going to have you watch alien. 
I'm so excited. Another Ridley Scott film. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yes. So I cannot remember if I've seen Alien, which means I haven't seen it because Mm -hmm. what it came out when I was, is it 1979? I think. Yeah. You were just an infant. Probably. I was so young, but um, I think I've seen so many clips of Sigourney Weaver just struggling in my head, but I don't think I've actually seen the movie. So this is going to be awesome. I'm pretty pumped up about it. Yeah. And I, I didn't see it till I was in my thirties. Like I remember when it came out, well, I don't because I was, I was born in 78. So it came out when I was one, but I remember like they, they showed it on TV or something and I saw an ad and I thought it looked really scary. And in my head, it was like the scariest movie of yeah. all time. And so I just didn't want to watch it. And then finally in my thirties, at some point it was getting near to Halloween. We're like, all right, I'm grown up. I'll watch it. And I loved it. And so it is very scary, I think. So I shouldn't let Soren, who's 13, watch it with me. He could probably watch that. He could watch it. Okay. Watch it. Okay. Okay. It's it's tense. It's not like blood and guts or or even that much violence, really. It's just because of the limitations of the technology of filmmaking at the time, a lot of it is just about what you're not seeing. So he'll be scared, but it won't be like, yeah. So what are you going to have me watch? The Exorcist. I'm so happy you haven't seen this before. This caused me so much trauma, so many sleepless nights as a kid. I saw this when I was really little, which was a huge mistake because I had a single mom and she let us kind of do what we wanted and I should not have seen this. I saw this and The Shining probably before I was 10. Oh, wow. Neither of that. That's, yeah. Not good. And you'll know why when you see this, when you see The Exorcist, you're going to know why this had a particularly chilling effect on me because he is the priest and it is Greek Mm. and there's some Greek language and some accents and it was just all too real. It was fantastic. It's such a good movie. Uh, I know. I know a little bit. Like you said, through Alien, I've seen pop culture. It's so omnipresent, kind of like Pretty Woman we did last time. Like, I know your mother sucks cocks in hell and I know the... Uh, vomiting yes and that's what i know yeah yeah it's so good it's so I actually good. coincidentally read an article today about like the greatest horror movies you didn't know were based in real life and this is one of them apparently that what? it was like a kid who got exercised well it's funny to me there's a kid who got exercised back in the 70s or, or no no it was the 50s i think and like um you know he was possessed yeah. And so they did the exorcism. They had to do it 10 or 20 times. I'm like, maybe they should have just taken him to the mental health facility. And that probably would have solved this problem. So there's a thing. Do you know what the evil eye is? Well, I mean, you know, I've seen some movies. I, I think I know. So when you flip out as a toddler or even just a kid and you are in a Greek family, they feel your head and they're like, oh, she has the evil eye. Not the kid's sick or needs a nap. It's like, oh, she has the evil eye. We're going to call Thea Asi, who knows how to sort of, it's it's like a version of an exorcism wow. that you learn from a priest. And they do this prayer and they do this thing. And if they start yawning and tearing up, it means you definitely have the evil eye. And then they take it away from you. So I'm, you know, having a temper tantrum as a seven-year-old, for example. Oh, my mom's like, she has the evil eye. I have to call my sister. My sister does this thing on there. Her sister does this thing on the phone. My mom strips all the clothes off me and puts them outside at the front door. And then I'm healed. That's crazy. It's crazy. And it's still like they connect little um, 
those little, you know, those little evil eye necklaces or charms that you see at the Greek festival, yeah. they'll hang those from the edge of a baby crib to fight off the evil eye. And, and when you saw my big frat Greek wedding and you see them spitting on the bride or pretend spitting on the bride, that's to ward off the evil eye. Apparently you get the evil eye when people look at you with envy or look at you even with admiration and love, but they're not cautious about it. It is so screwed up. It's obviously all pretend, but um, yeah. So yeah, but I've been you exercised it just a little bit. You believe it. You believe it just a little bit. Listen, I have seen people calm down after my fiasi did her little voodoo magic. So I don't know. But is it the voodoo magic or just the fact that there's this thing going on and she's probably, you know. Exactly. The child like literally screams for two hours and then becomes exhausted and falls asleep. Yeah. So it's like being a child, basically. <laughs> exactly. Like a five-year-old. It's like being a normal five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I learned so much about you mm -hmm. just now. Like, for example, you drink wine at four o'clock in the afternoon. Hey, I'm on vacation, Nick. And on a, on a work day, this is my evening. This is my nightcap. So is that root beer? I love root beer. <laughs> Diet root beer. Cause I mean, I don't want to get fatter. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We all have, that's how I know I'm old. Like, I'm like, you know, it sounds good. A diet root beer, you know, <laughs> like beer. Mm, I don't think so. You're like probiotic water, carbonated water. I mean, I don't think this is good for me. I don't like the, the healthy sodas. I think they're all just disgusting. Yeah. Like my There's wife nothing has worse this... than a whole food soda. Are you freaking yeah. kidding me with that? That's garbage. My wife got this one that's like tonic water. It's it's like supposed to be like the healthy soda and it just tastes like vinegar and water and sugar yeah. mixed around. No, not interested. Not interested. Um, we can, uh, let's let's tell people where we can watch this, this uh, just absolute train wreck of a movie. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, Paramount, uh, I think those are included in your subscriptions and Roku channel and the rest. I think it's all on demand on the typical platforms. Um, 6.6 and .6 IMDb took in $154 million. Wow. Wow. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody did matters. okay. Uh, well, look, let's do this next week. I'm excited to watch Alien. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm excited to watch. I got to watch. It means I have to rewatch it too, which I don't mind. And I'm excited to watch uh, The Exorcist. So we'll be back at you. We're going to try to do this every week. We took a little bit of a break. We actually recorded a second episode, but it sucked. So we decided to redo <laughs> it. I take full responsibility for that. No, no. We didn't have the format and I was super tired. Also, good luck editing this one. <laughs> editing? I'm not going to edit this down much. Um, <laughs> well, uh, we'll see you next week. Angelica, this was fun. Have fun on your vacation. Thanks, Nick. See you next week. Film Swap is produced and hosted by Angelica Thornton and Nick Vol. You can watch or listen on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow Angelica on Twitter at AngelicaKATU and follow Nick at Nick Vol. Share your thoughts on the films we discussed there, and we might just read them on the show. Music by John Michael Farley and Nick Vole.